I'm Kevin Mims with The Invading Sea, a Florida-wide media collaborative that reports on climate change in the state. As part of that effort, we started The Business of Climate Change, a weekly interview with businessmen and women whose companies are either affected by the warming climate or address climate challenges. Today's conversation is with Amanda Bryant, Director of Operations at National Flood Insurance, LLC. Amanda, thanks for talking with us today. Thank you for having me, Kevin. So, Amanda, National Flood Insurance is based in Melbourne. What kind of climate and flooding-related changes have you seen in this area of Florida? So the big two things in recent years have been sea level rise and temperature rise. Um, So the seas have risen two inches since 1992, estimated to rise another two feet by 2060, um, which of course leads to increased high tide flooding, more frequent flooding events, things of that nature. Um, Two degrees in temperature rise in the last century, higher temperatures, warmer ocean waters, um, which destroys wetlands and coral reefs. Um, and it, of course, increases the intensity and the frequency of hurricanes and, and rainfall levels as well. Got it. So what changes are currently taking place with flood maps and flood insurance requirements? And when will those take effect? Actually, interestingly enough, um, flood mapping and flood insurance requirements are not changing. The pricing is. So FEMA's risk rating 2.0, which is their new pricing methodology, took place for uh, took effect for new policies October the 1st, and it will take effect for renewal policies April 1st of 2022. So FEMA has started using more sophisticated risk modeling. Um, to be able to determine adequate actuarial pricing for flood insurance, um, which is a good thing. That's a direction that the program needs to go in. Um, But unfortunately, their um, mapping process to determine flood zones and thus the mandatory purchase requirement is not being changed accordingly. So FEMA's FEMA's mapping um, is the same process basically that they've been using for the last 60 years. It's based mostly on historical events, does not take into effect into account um, climate change. So that those maps are supposed to be updated every five years by federal mandate. Most of them, um, more than half the maps in the country are outdated, many of them by decades. So what we're looking at is a situation where um, the, the mapping process itself for determining flood zones is outdated and the mortgage and home buying industry is based upon those flood zones. So the mandatory purchase requirement mandates people with a federally backed mortgage in zones A and B to purchase flood insurance. Um, But those located in other zones are not so required. Um, So even though FEMA is reanalyzing, the zones are not being changed accordingly and therefore neither is the mandatory purchase requirement. Got it. So are there any common misconceptions about flood zones and flood insurance? Uh, There's a lot, and most of them are related to the way the NFIP was founded and how it's been run over the last decades. Um, Again, when you kind of break the country up into high risk and low risk or mandatory and voluntary flood insurance, so to speak, um, what you're really doing as an industry is sending a message that if you're not required to carry flood insurance, then your home is not at risk of flooding. Um, So that's that's kind of been ingrained um, in in the American um, psyche. Um, And as well as, you know, we see it among professionals in our industry, agents, even uh, mortgage lenders, realtors. um, Oh, you don't need flood insurance. You're not in in one of those mandatory zones. Um, So folks end up 
purchasing their largest asset um, and not protecting it because we as an industry have told them for decades that they they really don't need to. Um, and again, with those maps being decades out of date, that zone is is not not a good indication. Um, a lot of people still are under the impression that homeowners insurance covers flooding. Um, especially during a hurricane. Well, I have hurricane insurance. Won't that cover me if I flood during a hurricane? Um, and flooding is defined as rising water, which is almost never covered on a homeowner's policy. Um, so that's another misconception. And the, the, the third one that we actually encounter quite a lot is the feeling that, well, I don't really need to carry flood insurance because if I get flooded, FEMA will bail me out. FEMA will come in and do a, and do a bailout and, and restore me to my pre-loss condition. And that's not really the case. Um, FEMA federal bailouts for flood disasters um, are only applicable if the president declares a federal state of emergency. And those funds actually come in the form of a loan that have to be repaid with interest. And then they will also require you to purchase a flood insurance policy at that point as well. Um, so, so those are some of the misconceptions that we, that we see most often. Amanda, how can Florida residents learn more about their flood risk and insurance options? So um, as, as we've said, FEMA and the National Flood Insurance Program and those flood maps um, aren't necessarily the best indication of a property's flood risk. Um, and FEMA as a flood insurance provider, the NFIP as a flood insurance provider, um, again, is, is undergoing you know, new rating method methodology. There's anticipated to be major rate increases across the country as we try to shift those rates um, into more actuarial. Um, so the best thing that consumers can do is do, do your own research. Um, so there are, there are websites out there um, such as myfloodrisk.org. Um, it's one of our websites and it is, um, we've, we've taken the same data that the sophisticated private flood insurance companies are using for, um, for better modeling. Um, and we've ourselves um, come up with an algorithm to, to more accurately determine flood risk for properties across the country. So it, it takes into account historical events as, as FEMA's flood mapping does, but we've also added in um, climate change factors such as storm surge and hurricanes, um, things of that nature. Um, so that's that's uh, my flood risk. And then in terms of shopping for insurance, um, whereas FEMA and the National Flood Insurance Program used to be the only source within the last five years, dozens of private flood insurance carriers have come into the market. Um, those are very aggressively going after um, flood insurance policies. And up until recently, there was really not any place to shop all of those carriers at once. Um, but we, we actually have created a website for that purpose as well. So myfloodinsurance.com is an online um, flood insurance rater that provides rates for every property in America from FEMA's National Flood Insurance Program, as well as several private flood insurance carriers. So it's, a, it's an aggregator, uh, consumer aggregator, like Expedia, um, one of those, but just for, for flood insurance. So we've, we've found that consumers are using it as well as insurance agents to assist their clients with finding flood. Amanda, are there programs or resources available to assist property owners who can't afford flood insurance? Unfortunately, at this time, there are not many options. There are a few things that property owners can do. Um, as 
the, the NFIP is working to reach actuarial rates. They are actually phasing out existing subsidies and existing grandfathering with rates. So those are going to be going away. And some of these rate increases are going to be quite drastic. Um, and there's a lot of concern uh, about that, about, about folks being able to, to afford the new rates. Um, there, there has been some talk um, in Congress about establishing a separate fund, um, an income-based fund for those who need assistance with paying with their flood insurance. Um, the NFIP itself is over $20 billion in debt um, and cannot support subsidized rates within, within the premium that it collects. So it would have to be a separate fund um, if that were to be, were to be established. Um, so that's one of the reforms that's, that's being kicked around Washington. Um, you can, as, as a property owner, you can do things like um, increase your deductible to, to try to lower your rate. You can do things like reduce your contents coverage um, to try to lower your rate. And in some cases, there may be structural changes that you can make. Um, you can elevate your property. You can add flood vents. In some cases, just elevating your equipment, such as your air conditioning or hot water heater, will actually lower your rate as well. Um, but aside from that, we're kind of just waiting on FEMA and the federal government to figure out how we're going to support these folks that are going to have the greatest increases. Amanda, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.